way back in, I think, 2009, I was in grad school for theater and the LGBTQ organization for the law school literally was hosting a drag show. I'd never done drag before. I much read, read as a feminine body, traditionally feminine body. And I've always had like sort of a history as like a tomboy and sort of playing around with that just in my life and not necessarily feeling super traditionally feminine. And so when I got the invite, I kind of thought about it and it's like, yeah, okay, but it would be interesting to do something that would be so different from the way that I normally present to the world. So I began as a drag king in the Seattle area in 2001 with my first show being the Femme Show, actually. I joined with six other performers and we performed to the song, I'm Coming Out. I was considered the butch lesbian. Actually, I got to wear my snap-on vest for that piece. And I was the opening part of the piece to come out on the stage. And for the first part of the song, just some, I'm coming out. And that launched my career as a drag king. And through the years, I developed my character. My character's name was Benny. And one of my friends snapped his fingers and said, Kanye Breast. And that became my name at the time. Uh, it has changed since then because Kanye West is not a good person to name your drag persona after these days. So it is down based off Chance the Rapper, Chance the Dapper. And so I did that one time and it was really fun. And a couple months later, I got an invitation to enter into this drag competition. And I was terrified, but it was like, ah, let's do something scary. I didn't win, uh, but the person who did win was somebody who was hosting drag and burlesque shows around the city. And so they invited me, they're like, hey, if you want to perform other places, like come join us. I came out in the late nineties. And so when I started performing in, in the early two thousands, it wasn't that far, that, that long after I had come out. And so it was very liberating for me as well. It gives me the opportunity to play around with gender, with the fluidity of gender. I've, I've always considered myself a very androgynous woman. I'm a cisgender woman. And, and being in drag, in drag, I dress up as looking like and acting like a cisgender man, which I have no desire to be, and I don't consider myself to be in any way, but it's playful to dress up and, and act like someone of a different gender than what I am. So when I dress up as Benny, I take on this different personality, and Benny has his own way of being in the world and his own attributes that he's really focused on certain parts of his body and his way of being and his way of relating to the audience members. And that allowed me as Crystal behind the scenes to do something completely different from who I am as a person. I think that we as a society have far too many strict gender roles. And I think cisgender people are responsible for all of them. And that is a problem that we have and that we need to own. One of the freest situations that I can think of is that everybody, regardless of what your gender identity is, regardless of if you even know what it is, has the opportunity to explore and play around and get to really have fun with ideas of gender. And, and get to fully be them, not only just be themselves, but get to explore things outside of themselves and play around with that and see what that tells you about yourself and really just get in there and find hope and healing and learn more things about yourself in the world. And I think there's like a great freedom in that. And I think 
that drag can potentially be a way to do that. And it can be a way to play around with some of the super rigid restrictions that people have, cis people specifically, have put on us to oppress us and put us into like these gender prisons. As a child, I, I was often ridiculed for being a tomboy. And, and that was painful at times. In my time as a drag king, there was a, like, we've talked about it being liberating. There was also this sort of reclaiming of my own masculinity that has been like, heck yes, I'm a tomboy and I'm proud of it. And it's been sort of this reclaiming from my childhood of, I'm proud of the ways that I'm masculine. I'm glad of the ways that I move through the world and my gender is not so far in one realm or another where I am more fluid in a sense. And, and I can be playful with that to, to help me understand and, and be proud of who I am. I kind of identify more in the androgynous to feminine stuff, but my clothes are just like kind of whatever. Some masculine type stuff, some feminine type stuff, whatever. And what I have discovered, particularly over the pandemic, is I can drag in a lot of my actual clothes. Like I've dragged in this shirt. And it's really fun to be able to play with like, what does it mean if I wear this shirt, but I've got like a vest and a binder on and I've got like my drag facial hair and all of that stuff. And what does it mean for Chance to be dressed up in this versus Ashley to be dressed up in this? And how does that feel different and all of that? So it's been really interesting just to like explore my own wardrobe and figure out like, what do my clothes even mean when I am changing my persona and wear them differently? I mean, it's, it's mostly I've invented a character, but there are definitely pieces of me that are found within that character. It's separate from me, but there are elements that are definitely there that are, that are lifted up. I had a lot of fun doing that and it was great. And then I got into seminary and I was a little bit terrified because I thought I was going to have to give up drag. I put down drag as a hobby on my application. So they knew who they were getting. I, I think I, I owe a lot to just starting from a place of, of love and starting from a place of everybody being in a similar situation and openness and folks being kind to us. Like we had a local drag queen come in and talk to us and help guide us on some things. It was just about like support and love and like genuine feedback to try and help us, but otherwise just like encouragement. And I mean, like, honestly, when I think about it, the reason that I even stuck with stuff is because people kept coming to and saying like, hey, here's the next opportunity. Do you want to do it? And even just people asking was a, was assigned to me. It's like, oh, oh, you think I can? Yeah, go for it. You should. Oh, okay. You know, I'm keenly aware there are folks for whom gender transition or gender fluidity is is a way of life. And so it can be a really tender topic and, and tender to, to think about watching someone play who is cisgender, playing someone of an opposite gender or a different gender than what they actually are. I'm, I'm aware of that. I, you know, I pay attention to that and know that this is me actually playing a role and it's not part of my lived experience. A significant amount of the people I performed with either were trans men who performed as drag kings or were drag kings who came out as trans men afterwards and they kept performing as drag kings and sort of like 
as themselves, they were just like trans men living their lives just as like regular people. And then when they performed, they sort of cranked up the glitz and the glamour and the glitter and all of that to like 11. I have a couple of my, uh, I have some of my leather, <laughs> my leather chaps, my actual high school letterman's jacket that I wore for a piece and my switchblade. This is, this is some of the hair that I bought. See, it comes as a braid and then I pull it apart. And then the church I was working at, we wanted to do a drag show that year and then we couldn't because of COVID. I was like, what if I just did the routine I wanted to do at church at home? They call me Chance the Dapper, AKA the Drag Pastor. I'm out here trying to spread a little positivity, spread a little love out there. I hope you're doing all right out there on the internet, in your homes, washing your hands using your sanitizer. I took on this persona of like being a drag pastor. What's pastoral about him? Like, what is he, why is he doing this? What is the message that he's going to give? And so like a lot of the songs are uh, very intentionally positive or they're intentionally speaking to something about the moment. If you watch some of the videos, there are things about like missing people because it's April in the middle of the pandemic and you haven't seen anybody in a long time. So it's like playing around with things that people are going through or self-acceptance or uh, positivity or things like that, things that might be pastoral to someone in the moment. Um, and also just things that are fun uh, that, make people smile and make people laugh. It's been a way to celebrate my queerness. It's been a way to make social statements. It's been a way to entertain people. It's been a way to create art. It's been a way to make a difference. And it's been a way to collectively do that for the queer community and with the queer community. There's this thing that you see on television. I want you to know that that's not it. Drag culture is vast and diverse and it encompasses performers of so many different gender identities and expressions and is so creative and is on so many different levels from like very, very amateur to very highly like curated and made up and everything in between. And it can play with different performance aspects and gender aspects. And there's so many different ways that it can, it can look like beyond just this competitive America's Next Top Model drag show. We, it's only cis men get to perform thing. I think if you are interested in drag, it is worth exploring everything else. Whatever day it is you're watching this, I hope you're doing all right out there, staying safe. I'll see you next week. You're a blessing. Peace.